Here's the question. How can I speak of God's goodness and grace at work in my own life, at work in my church, or at work in the world around me? What have you seen God doing lately? How have you experienced his goodness and grace at work? Let's share this story with one another. Let's open our mouths to celebrate the goodness of God. And as we do, let's overcome our adversary. All right, can I uh, pick on Karen to come and share a story first? I know I didn't forewarn you, but she she told a great story about a week ago or two, and uh, if you don't mind getting the ball rolling for us, that'd that'd be great. Thank you. Make sure to hold the mic right up close so we can, everybody can hear. Okay, before I share this, um, I want to share a little bit about my, my prayer life. Uh, within the last year, it has changed. It's not like a, a grocery list or something that, you know, I do every day. But what I'm trying to do is just kind of clearing out my mind and allowing God to bring people or things or into my life, into my mind, so that I will pray. So therefore, I feel like I'm praying what God wants me to pray, and therefore I'm praying in His will. That's kind of where I'm at. So uh, it'll be now four Mondays ago. I I was praying, and actually now I wasn't praying yet. I, I was just still before God, and He brought my niece Katie to my mind. Now. God bless her. Katie is in a very dark place. And she, I, as I was, I said, Lord, you want me to pray for Katie? And then I said, how, how can I be involved in her life? I don't even think she likes me. She did, I, we, we had a family get together. I think she talked to me twice. I know for sure once. And so I, I was thinking, God, how can I, how can I um, reach her? How, what do you want me to do? And so that was kind of my prayer. And not, it wasn't even an hour later that before I went upstairs to work, I, I flipped on my Facebook and I was basically kind of looking for kids, my pictures of my grandkids, I'll be honest with you. And there wasn't anything new, but it stopped right on an uh, arm. And here was a tattooed arm and there was a patch. And she says, Today I'm trying to quit smoking. And so I thought, okay, I have to respond to this. I usually ignore her stuff because usually it's disgusting, and I just kind of go on. But I, I saw this, and I said, go, girl. That's all, that was my response with exclamation points, and I, I sent it on. I, two, five seconds later, there was a message came up for me, and she said, Aunt Karen, would you and Kim pray for me? And it was like, Whoa, I couldn't believe it. And so all during the week then, here I was responding and involved with Katie two or three times a day. And it was just becoming wonderful. I mean, it was just, it was like we had been doing this for all along. And I was just so excited. Then I started seeing Christian music on her Facebook. And I'm thinking, oh, first I thought, uh oh, there's something wrong with Facebook. You know, I, I, I just, I, I, I thought there's something wrong here. So there's, you know, something's wrong here. But then, this was the thing, Friday, that following Friday, 
I turned, put on Facebook, and she had her open Bible, and she had uh, verses uh, underlined, and she said, I know that this might offend some of you, but the, the Bible is just really meaning a lot to me right now, and so is God. Basically, she said, if, this, if my uh, Facebook, if my page offends you, would you please, I don't want this to be a hate a hate type situation. Just unfriend me, please, and I will pray for you. And I, I read this, and it was written very nicely, much nicer than what I said. In fact, Kim even said, "I don't think she wrote that." I mean, you know, it was. It, this is where we're at here. And so that day, we went over to the other side of state. We had a talk with her. This is where Shalom comes in. I thought of this. We were talking about her life, and this is what happened. She, if she, she didn't go to church. She wasn't in a Bible study. Uh, she wasn't talking with neighbors. But God met her right where she was. And she had her Bible, and she thought, I've heard of people just kind of opening your Bible and see what happens. So I just opened my Bible, and I came to Psalms. And she, she said, wow, I can relate to this. This is really cool stuff. But this is the thing. As soon as she opened her Bible and started reading, she had a peace in her life that she never, ever had in her life. In fact, it scared her. She said, it spooked me right out because I never had this peace before, reading Psalms. And then she was just flipping around and found a Christian radio station. And she got involved with Christian music. And that brought her peace. And I thought, you know, I hear these, these stories on the Christian radio. Yeah, I just flipped around and found a Christian radio station, and I, I thought, yeah, right, who's going to do that? I tell you, every time I send my monthly check now, I'm going to pray over that money that God will really use Christian radio to reach those that are sitting alone in their apartments. But anyway, it's been really exciting. Uh, she's lost a lot of friends through all this, but... We're praying that she's going to get new ones, um, and we're really excited about it. And there's probably, there's so much more, but I don't want to take more time. Yeah, sure, you bet. Come on, Karen, you can join me. <laughs> Lord, I do lift up Katie right now, along with Kim and Karen, and uh, together, Lord, in this place, we just... Um, hold her before you. We thank you, God, for the work of your spirit in her life and how you're drawing near to her as she draws near to you, making yourself known, making known your love and your grace, your forgiveness. Lord, I pray that you would continue to show her who you are, the real God, not the one that she's imagined, um, but, but the real God, full of love and grace. And I pray, Lord, that you would help her to connect with a local church where she can be discipled, where she can find fellowship with others that are eager to learn more about you, Lord. We pray that you would continue to pour out your spirit in her life and grow her in faith. Father God, I also pray for Kate. I, I'm just thinking now that she's lost so many friends, and even her roommate has left her, which is of, of 
terrible financial burden on her, Lord. But God, I think this is for the best. And I pray, Lord, that you would provide for her in miraculous ways, that she will know, God, that you are going to love her and that you're going to care for her. Um, I thank you also for her little boy. As I was praying, I couldn't help him remember that he said to her, Mommy, since you've been a Christian, you are so much more fun. And I just pray, Heavenly Father, that you would be with this little family And I pray that you would give me wisdom as I am continually uh, reaching out to her and she's reaching out to me. And I I just pray, oh, Father, that this won't be a flash in the pan, that she will get stronger and stronger with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. We did that 60 hours of uh, prayer on campus. Um, Am I supposed to stand up here? (laughs) Okay, anyway, we did the 60 hours of prayer on campus. And uh, Thursday we went there in the afternoon. Then Thursday evening, after I got done driving kids, I went out there and we, it was awesome. I mean, we were under that bridge on, uh, okay, thank you. (laughs) We were under that bridge on, uh, what is it, Farm Lane. And um, we were praying and all of a sudden, the Lord put it on my heart. I just said, and I prayed it here too, that God would go out and uh, they send his angels out and he would bring some people out in the middle of the night. They didn't even know why they were coming out. They would just know that they had to get out there and go for a walk and they'd hear our music and they'd come down. And so we prayed that prayer and then like within an hour, these two came walking down the steps around the side of the bridge there. And... Uh, we were worshiping. We didn't even notice them, but one of the other brothers on that side did, and he went over, and he spoke. He was talking to them for at least 15 minutes, and then they left, and we didn't know who they were, and he came over and told us that they were, they, they just were out walking. They didn't, you know, they came out. They didn't know why. They came down. They heard music, and then Justin, he got a word that he said, I got the strongest sense that, that the guy is a musician, and the guy goes, he is a musician. How did you know that? And so he shared with us that he was telling them about Jesus Christ and what we were doing. They wanted to know what we were doing down there, and he was sharing the gospel with them and everything. And uh, they didn't get saved right at that moment, but we all felt strong that they were going to come back. So we prayed for them for about the next 10 or 15 minutes specifically for them. And we, I was super excited that God answered that prayer so quickly. And so I, I just reminded me, and Kieran's story reminded me also of this verse that the Lord gave me in John eleven forty, And it was Jesus, he simply said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? I mean, let's do that. Why don't we just believe what he said and just experience the glory of God? I mean, it's really that simple. It really isn't complicated. About 25 years ago, uh, I went to a missions conference called Urbana and uh, was looking, just felt called to be part of a short-term mission and uh, connected with a group that was going to Kazakhstan. And um, so I spent a year, 1995-96, there in Kazakhstan. This was after I graduated college, before I went on to grad school. And, uh, you know, uh, it was was definitely a powerful experience and um, you know kind of uh, I, I guess it felt risky at the time uh, Kazakhstan was just coming out of communism and was uh, 
really dropping economically and during the transition period before they rebounded. Um, and uh, anyway, it was, but, any, but about a month ago, God gave me the chance to go back to Kazakhstan for the first time in 20 plus years. And uh, um, anyway, uh, I don't know if one story sticks out more than, more than any others, except, you know, looking at what Pastor Kevin put on the screen there, speaking of God's goodness and grace, the biggest impression I had the whole time was just of God's grace and goodness to me over that 20 plus years. Uh, just um, being able to go back, meet with the same friends, see how their lives had changed, see how my life had changed. And uh, I was just reminded of Jacob when he left his home, worked for 20 plus years, came back, and just how he felt that God had totally changed his life and given him shalom over that time period. And uh, that's what I felt. And so just praising God for that. But um, two other things. One is the chance to reconnect with people, re-push them, uh, you know, push them again toward God. That was, that was great. Visit the church in, in the city I was, which 20 plus years later is still going. No greater feeling almost than, you know, having left, come back, see it's still operating without missionaries, except maybe one, but just, you know, the fruit is there. It's still still happening. Not not really my fruit for the most part. Many missionaries were involved, but, um, and by the way, they said to pass on greetings to this church, so greetings from a uh, church in, in Karagonda, Kazakhstan, um, but yeah, some of the young people who are about 20 when I was there, they're now 40. They have kids. They're leading the church. It's amazing to see, you know, how you plant that seed and it grows and God makes it grow and, and you know, lives and cities change. And um, anyway, the other verse that came to mind this morning as I was thinking about it was, you know, when Jesus says, you know, if you leave country and family and for my sake and for the gospel, uh, I won't fail to give you a uh, hundred times in return. And just that's what I felt on that trip. And so I want to encourage any young people, you know, if you have the chance, maybe the most impactful life you ever, year that you ever spend in terms of what the fruit that you bear um, and, of course, how you grow and all that. So um, Urbana is happening this December. See me if you want details. One of the things there is just a room, a massive room full of 100-plus different opportunities to go on short-term trips and connect with different agencies. So anyway, uh, I just I just want to thank God for that opportunity. And I could say more about doors got opened or things, but probably. Yeah, let's pray for the church. <coughs> Father, we're grateful that, um, that you are a God for the whole world, that while we're here worshiping you, God, there are people 10, 12 time zones away, God, that are worshiping you with the same heart, that are seeking to reach out, to help those in need, that are seeking to share their faith, and that love you, and that have the same hope that we do. God, we just ask your blessing on that church. It's lasted 20 plus years, and may it last many more. And, uh, God, may they support us when we need them. May we support them when we need them. May we be the body of Christ to each other across the world. And God, um, just use each of us in whatever way you want um, in your global purposes. And uh, 
Again, bless that church, protect them, grow them. May they impact their city powerfully. In Jesus' name. So um, some of you know that we have sold our house and we are um, looking for a new one right now. Um, we put an offer on a house um, quite a few weeks ago and we had the inspection for it and um, halfway through the inspection we decided to walk away from the house because there was just too much work that had to be done. And... Um, our whole family was there, and it was a little bit of a letdown. <laughs> um, and so we decided, you know what, let's go out to eat. Let's go to Culver's or Chick-fil-A, because who's not happy when they're at Culver's or Chick-fil-A, right? And so we decided, okay, let's go. And um, Ryan said, you know what, let's stop at Horrocks first. So we stopped at Horrocks first. And Ryan had told me about this lady, a client of his, who was in a very similar situation that we were years ago. She had, uh, her family, they had sold their house, and they um, didn't know where they were going. And it's a long story, won't, won't get into it, but he said, you need to talk to this lady. And I thought, I'm not going to call this lady up and talk to her. I don't know her, you know. So we get to Horrocks, and he goes, Kathy's over there. And I'm like well, you need to introduce me to her because here we had just walked away from this house. And um, so he introduces me and um, we had a huge conversation in Horrocks and some of us, you know, were crying, you know, because, you know, we, we told her this is the situation and she's relating to us and telling her story and how God was so good in providing just the perfect place for them. And she prayed for us right there in Horrocks. And um, she didn't say, you know, I'll pray for you guys. She said, you know what, let's pray right now. So she, you know, we were all standing around there and there, it was funny, there's a, a homeschool family who walked by with a little kid. It was her first year and, and anyways, she was encouraged by us. Anyways, another story. <laughs> But anyways, just, you know, God is so good in providing that because we could have gone out to eat first and then gone to Horrocks, but he made sure that we were at Horrocks, and she was there too. And um, it was just so encouraging to, as a reminder to just stop and pray for people right then, right there, because that's what we needed. And there was peace after that. Like, you know what? God, some, God has something even better. So. Pray for you too. Yeah, thank you. so we just agree together, Lord, for Ryan and Marla and their family that you would bring them uh, to just the right place, Lord, for this family to settle. And uh, God, we trust that you have a home for them, that you'll uh, provide, that you'll lead and guide, Lord, as they continue to search and wait and pray. Um, God, that you would demonstrate your faithfulness and goodness, that you would um, provide just the right place for this family to resettle. We trust you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning. Uh, some of you may or may not know um, that my husband and Devin Fiddler from here, they bought a restaurant. We've been open for about seven weeks now, and it's right by the airport. And in these past seven weeks, there's been so much happening where God has brought so many broken and hurting people into our lives that I think in the little bubble that I live in, I kind of sometimes forget how hurt and broken people are. And at the same time, he has been so faithful to bring so many amazing people into the restaurant who just literally have come in and talk to me and what can I pray for you about? What do you guys need? I mean, these are people that I've just met and it's been so phenomenal to see that, to have him put us in this place where we are kind of in a fishbowl where people are looking at us and seeing how we're living our lives and, you know, living at our faith. And at the same time, if you can imagine a family working together in a restaurant, we don't exactly look like we're living at our faith sometimes, maybe more than half, not the time. It's like, what are you doing? Get this, get that. We're kind of more like a reality TV show. And um, so I really just wanted to just ask for prayer for, for all of it, for prayer for my family that um, God does show through us. And we have definitely seen evidence of that. We had a guy working for us. He was washing dishes for a while, and he just came up to Mark one day, and he was like, you guys are the nicest people I've ever met, and I've met a lot of people in my life. Now, of course, he disappeared after a while because we're finding that's the culture of the people that are coming in from the Help Wanted ads are people that kind of work for a while and then just disappear, and they just probably just go back to not working and whatever their situation is. Um, in particular, we had this guy working for us for about seven weeks. Um, we knew he was recovering alcoholic, and um, he seemed like he was on the right track getting his life back together, and he didn't show up for work two days in a row, so me and the girl stopped over, and his landlord let me in, and I thought he was dead when I found him. He was that unconscious. I couldn't get a response out of him, and we had to call an ambulance. And so I'm sure my girls will probably, like, never have a drink in their entire life after watching this guy get taken out of his house wrapped in a tarp. Um, so that was not a good way to start our day. And then I walk into work, though, after that, and I'm a mess, and I'm shaken up. And it was like all the different people that I'd met up to that point through the restaurant, like, all just happened to come in that day. Even a woman I used to go to church with that I used to lead prayer, prayer stuff with came in for lunch that day. And it was like I felt like God was just surrounding me with all these prayer warriors. I think Kevin and Sean came in like the very next day or I yeah, maybe the next day. And I was like, I need prayer. I was like, there's so much going on that I feel like I don't even know why we're here anymore. Are we here to serve people food or are we supposed to like, you know, and I guess it's probably just everything. But so, yeah, just um, just keep us covered, us, the people that come in, um, that God helps me to have wisdom to know how far I'm supposed to go in the direction of trying to help and save all these people versus, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, that's my nature to want to go that way. And um, yeah, so we just need lots of wisdom and lots of prayer and 
You can come eat some really good food, too, if you want to. Yes, the food is great, but God is even greater. Lord, thank you for your work in this family, the Taylors, the Fiddlers, both families actually partnering together, Lord, uh, to start this new restaurant. Little did they know, or maybe they did, that it would turn out to be a ministry. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunities that you've brought to them to love people, uh, to help people. God, we pray for your guidance, for your wisdom, for your grace. Lord, that you would grant them by your spirit, Lord, all that they need to be able to minister to people effectively, not just to serve a good meal, but to really touch and change people's lives. And so, God, we do hold them up before you, and we bless this ministry that you've given them, and we pray, God, for good fruit to come from it, that many lives would be touched uh, as the good news of who you are is both seen and heard through this family. Use them, Lord, for the glory of your name. Amen. Thank you. It's called Fiddlers on the Grand. Good morning. So my wife's birthday is September 10th, and about a month beforehand, I got an idea that we should just randomly go to Philadelphia. So I couldn't just secretly buy a hotel and plane tickets, so we talked about it first, and she was on board. And that same weekend was also the one-year anniversary since my sister died. And my mom had texted me a few weeks before we had this trip planned and asked if we were coming up north because they didn't want to be alone. And I was like, we've already got this trip planned. We've already got the tickets bought. So then Haley said, well, what if we bring them with us? And I was like, sure, I don't see how that's going to happen because my dad works and that's what he does. I just can't see him taking time off. And so, you know, and we're paying for my university tuition out of pocket and God takes care of us financially, but we just thought, you know, how, how are we going to come up with this extra money to pay for a whole trip for my parents as well? And so I asked my mom if she wanted to go, which she totally wasn't expecting. And she was instantly on board because she loves traveling. And she's like, I'm going to have to talk to your dad about it. And so she asked him, and neither of them were really comfortable with accepting us paying for the trip. And I was like, Mom, you've taken me on millions of trips in my life. Let me do this as a gift to you. And, you know, she talked to my dad about it a little bit, and he, you know, wasn't really on board. And my mom came down to visit prior to this trip happening, and I called my dad on the phone, and within two minutes, he was like, all right. So I hung up the phone, and I was like, Mom, he didn't say no. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to buy your plane tickets. So, so I did, and, you know, it was really just, like, the oil in the lamp. You know, there were other people who wanted to bless my parents, and God just provided money for this trip, so we were able to buy a hotel room and tickets for my parents. And I actually got a thank you card from my mom yesterday that she said, you know, you have no idea how much it means to us that we could go with you because they would have just had, I can't even imagine what their weekend would have been like being alone and not having anything to keep themselves occupied. But instead, it was a chance for us to show them God's love and we had a great time together. You know, there were parts of it that were sad, but we were able to just have really good quality time together and my parents aren't, I think they believe in God, but they don't really ever talk about God. 
Um, but at least when we're together, my dad will ask me to pray before we eat. So, and they know that I'm Christian. So it was just a really great way that God worked through us to take care of my parents that weekend. And um, it was really just a miracle that money was not an issue for the trip. We still paid all our bills this month. So. So this is going to be just a little bit awkward. Um, Nick had mentioned where had mentioned something about his dad not having time, right? That's, that's a wonderful segue for something. Lisa, I owe you an apology, and I owe Mark an apology. Mark had sent me a text, and Mark had said, we have this business, and we want you to know about it. And we, we've got this special going on this week. I know that Lisa and Mark have hearts for the Lord Jesus Christ. But I sent a text back to Mark, and I said, please delist me from your mailing. Because I use this phone for business. I get all kinds of stuff on this stupid thing. And rather than caring about my friend's business, I cared about my busyness. I was caught up in my stuff. So please pass on to Mark my request for forgiveness because that was wrong. That was so wrong. Life is about relationships. Life isn't about tasks. Life isn't about me being sure I meet deadlines. I had, a couple weeks ago, a mini-stroke, and, and so that was my wake-up call. And it was... I had all the diagnostics afterward. And so they found that my blood pressure was high. And so I had to go to doctor after doctor. I had to get more imaging. I had to get more diagnostics. But the reason for this, this was a shot across my bow. This was a wake-up call for me. Kim, you're too busy with stuff. You're too busy caring about your work. You're too busy to care about people. And so I determined after that that I was going to work eight hours or nine, but I would get out at five instead of my usual six thirty, seven o'clock. I have a wife to go home to, my dear Karen. And I also determined I wasn't going to go in on the weekends. For three years, I had gone in on the weekends because I was so caught up in my stuff. So now I'm looking for someone to coach me, to help me to set boundaries so that I am more focused on people. I am more focused on relationships because that's what makes a difference in my life. So that's why I want to share God's goodness and grace. He is so good to me that I don't have anything left over from this event that I had. There's nothing left. There's no, there's no um, we would call it, sequelae. There are no uh, remnant things. I don't have numbness or any of that sort of stuff, and I think I can still think. But, but um, think about this. 
if you're preoccupied with stuff, you also need a coach. You need someone to help you. And sometimes we can't see our stuff because we're smack in the thick of it. And so it's helpful to have someone come alongside and say, I love you, and I'm going to coach you. I'm going to help you through this. Thanks. God's goodness and grace. That's a, that's a lot. Um, and I think sometimes he gets a hold of us in interesting ways. For me, it's a raised heart rate and clammy hands as I sit in that chair over there. So I'm up here now. <laughs> um, for those of you who know me to some degree or not, you know that I'm a planner and I like to know uh, kind of what's going on. And I think my, a lot of times our lives can be described as a Jenga. If, if you guys have played that Jenga game with all the little blocks and you pull them out individually and eventually the tower tumbles. Um, but over this past, uh, I guess, these past few months, my tower has been crumbling. Um, being a planner, it, this year has looked nothing like I thought it would look like. Um, I graduated in May uh, with a degree from Hope College. Um, I ended up moving back here to Lansing. Um, I am applying to grad programs, and I still don't know where I'm going. Kind of between jobs at the moment, and I'm working in a warehouse, moving boxes, and I'm like, how did this happen? Um, a lot of crazy things going on, and it's really cool to see all my friends from school um, moving on and taking the next steps with their lives. Uh, but this has been just, it hasn't been what I thought it would be at all. And so and it, the guy I work for um, in his warehouse at the moment, his name is Jim DiNardo, and I believe he's a good friend of uh, Mike Roeder and maybe a couple other people here. Uh, and this past Thursday, we were we were headed out to Meridian Mall to move some stuff there, and we were talking in the car, and he was just asking me about my life and things that were going on, and and I was just being honest and sharing with him about where my heart was and where my head was and how uh, this it, nothing was like what I thought it would be at the moment. And life is good, but it's just not what I thought it would be, and how. It stresses me out not knowing where I'm going. Um, and, you know, it's funny, but like a week and a half ago, my mom's like, I think you need like a real counselor because <laughs> you just aren't yourself. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's not good. I'm stressed all the time and I can't handle it. So I really needed God to really grab me. And he did. And uh, I was talking to Jim and all of a sudden I, I remembered um, I really like math and science, so I really click with those examples. But I was listening to a sermon about a year ago by Christine Kane. She's a preacher at Hillsong Church. Um, and she said, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Everything. And I think in that moment, I realized that the nothing I had thrown out, and I had changed that equation, and I had changed it to, Jesus plus 
friends equals everything. Jesus plus a plan equals everything. Jesus plus a successful future equals everything. Jesus plus financial security equals everything. But that's not it at all. And I said to Jim, you know, Jim, I'm really good at keeping face and and pretending to have joy, but I have not had real joy in months. Three of my best friends got married this summer, but I've been so wrapped up in my own problems that I couldn't even be truly happy for them. And it was at that time that I realized I need to get rid of everything else. And Jesus said to me in the car then, me and nothing equals everything. And it's amazing once you realize that you have an incredible release of joy in your life. You know where you're going. You know where you're coming from. And you have confidence in that salvation. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And so if you need a release of joy, I would just recommend, remember that it's simple math. Jesus plus nothing is everything. Our time is about up, but it feels like we could go on for another hour, doesn't it? I mean, we won't, but it, but it feels like, man, this is powerful. This is so good. Uh, so thank you to all of you who've shared a story. Uh, I want to actually just call on one more person uh, because we have a, a friend, a brother in Christ here um, who actually pastors in India. Carl, could you come and... Just share a word of greeting from your church and bless us with a, a quick word of um, your ministry. I'm so glad that you could visit with us again this morning uh, and just want to be sure to honor you and your presence with us this morning. Uh, brother Carl is a pastor from India. Thank you, brother, pastor. It's a joy to be with you this morning. And praising the Lord for all the good things he has done and doing through our lives. And I praise God what he has done in my life and uh, through our families. And, uh, and the joy he has given to us and to me especially um, to serve him in the ministry in India. Uh, I have shared uh, of my life a little bit of with the pastor when we had a, a prayer meeting, and uh, so was joy. I have uh, I was born in a Christian family. My parents are pastors, and my wife also born in a Christian family, and her parents also pastors. And uh, Lord united our hearts together, and we became wife and husband, and the Lord blessed us with the children, and uh, the Lord used us in the ministry, with the churches, and also with the taking care of the needy children through our children's homes, and um, the, during the past 41 years, hundreds and thousands of children have gone through our lives. And uh, 
besides the children's homes, we have uh, educational institutions also, from uh, nursery to the college. And uh, we have a center that we work with the leprosy patients and a hospital. So we are grateful the opportunity the Lord has given to us to serve him and to show his mercies to the people in India. We thank the Lord for his blessings and uh, the way he's uh, blessing our country. And we're thankful it is not the same as 50 years back. The Lord is blessing and we are grateful. And uh, when we see the church growth in India, we say, oh, our churches are all flowing and many are coming. But still when we see uh, the numbers actually recorded with the, in the, in the, with the government, our strength, our Christian population in India is dipping. It is not growing because many Christians in India, is, they're not officially declared themselves as a Christians. You know, India being a, a Hindu nation, it is a problem for them to identify and to become a Christian and to show them on the records on the Christian as a Christian. They're the caste uh, problem. When they are in a lower caste, they have some privileges. So in India, to become a Christian, both socially, there are so many things they are linked with and that they are not shown on records. So we, we still want you to pray for India. You know, that, that, uh, that they would come out and declare themselves as they are the child of God, as a Christians, and to be witnessing to others. That's what we need right now. India financially is growing, but when we see the spiritual level, we, our people still not able to come out from the bondage of their circles and to witness for, the, for him and to embrace Christ in their life and to come out and boldly to tell about his love and about his mercies. So we want you to pray that uh, the people in India are not financially uh, growing, but uh, spiritually, that they would come out and to stand and walk and to be a witnessing to fellow Christians to bring them to knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's what we need and we want you to pray. For us and for the ministries we are, uh, we are involved with. And today I'm very happy that I could come with my daughter and my grandchildren. They live in uh, Holt. And um, I miss my, she's my firstborn. And I have other children that they work with me. My, my son work with me and my daughter. Uh, she and her family, they all work with me in the ministry looking after churches and also other institutions we uh, care for. So we want you to pray. And thank you very much, Pastor, for your kindness and uh, love. Thank you very much. Lord, thank you for this man of God. A dear brother in Christ, Lord. Though we've not spent much time together, uh, I just sense quickly, Lord, that his heart is fixed upon you that he is completely devoted, Lord, to honoring you and serving you.
and leading others in that way. Lord, we thank you for the church in India where he pastors, for his family, Lord, many of whom work with him in that ministry. We thank you, Lord, for the church family that you've gathered, uh, all, the, all the people, Lord, that we'll never meet until perhaps someday when we are together before your throne, people from every tribe and tongue across the face of the earth. We celebrate, Lord, and we, we give you thanks for the work of your spirit in every land, and specifically in the land of India, God. We, we lift up the people of India, just as Carl has requested, Lord, we pray right now, Lord, that you would raise your people up, that you would give them courage and boldness to identify themselves as followers of Christ, that they would be unashamed and unafraid to represent you, to speak for you, to live for you, to walk with you, and to identify themselves in that way. And God, that you would grow the church, Lord, not just in size, but in maturity, in passion, in Christ-likeness, in power, in fruitfulness, Lord, that many lives would continue to be touched and changed by the power of the gospel. Lord, as we've reflected and experienced today, it's the blood of the Lamb that changes lives. But it's also, together with the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony that brings people to the awareness of what the blood of the Lamb has accomplished for them. So thank you, Lord, for Brother Carl, for his story of your goodness, for your grace at work in his life. We bless him. We bless his church. We pray for a safe journey home on Tuesday and that you would just continue to bring great fruit from his ministry. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. Yes. Are your hearts full? Come on now. Is this good? Amen. Praise be to God. Let's stand and celebrate together the goodness and grace of God. We're going to close in worship. Just lift our hearts and lift our voices. I want to just quickly, you know, clarify and reemphasize something I said earlier.